friends, it is a great pleasure for me to be with you uh, this morning. Thank you so much for inviting me. I hope you can hear me and see me. And both of those things are something of a disadvantage, as uh, my friends will say. I want to say something about XLP and then perhaps relate it to the gospel reading. Um, as Sarah said at the beginning of the service, XLP is one of those three chosen charities by the Diocese of London as we look at some of the issues which face us directly in the city which we live and on the streets where we go about. XLP is a youth charity. Um, everybody always asks, what on earth does XLP stand for? It stands for the Excel Project. Um, uh, and our desire is that young people, teenagers, they're the focus of our work, will simply excel in life. And XLP started 25 years ago on a Peckham estate as a response to a fatal stabbing. And it was one of those something must be done moments. Uh, and since that time, uh, the founder and over the last 25 years, uh, we have built up a, a series of youth work projects and initiatives across nine different boroughs in London. Um, and we support about four and a half thousand young people every year. We have 35 deployed youth workers working on estates, in schools, in pupil referral units, in young offenders institutes, um, and simply those sort of you know, out on the streets trying to make our communities uh, better places. What we're trying to do, um, and I've, I'm, I thought I'd model this morning, um, basically what our mantra is. So it's on my t-shirt, which is probably the wrong way around for you, is what we say is we refuse to believe that this is a lost generation. Uh, if you ever start a sentence with this, the problem with young people today, if you have, then I'll forgive you, but actually that's the problem, that we start seeing young people as problems. The, the young people that XLP work with are, have been seen as problems by the system for most of their lives. And what we try and do is through a various variety of interventions is to try and bring a sense of support to turn a negative problem into someone who can create for themselves a positive future. How do we do that? Well, we have these kind of nine different projects which are like a sort of tapestry interrelated on different estates. Uh, first, our kind of almost flagship thing is that we have these two double-decker buses uh, which have been converted into mobile youth centres. And these double-decker buses have what you kind of might expect in most youth centres. They have a kitchen, uh, they have a games area, they have a, a, a nail bar and hair extensions. Uh, and then upstairs uh, is PS4 and PS5 and Nintendo Switch Heaven. Um, five or six different big screens all over the top deck of the bus and an opportunity simply to play games and engage with them. There are a couple of laptops where young people can do their homework. And I'll come on to that in a little bit. Um, and there's a sort of chill out zone. And these buses go to estates where there is little or no youth provision um, uh, on estates and also where there are significant um, uh, instances of gang violence and knife crime. And what we are there is a kind of positive space for young people to gather. We also have a couple of mobile recording studios which um, uh, go onto estates like the buses do. And a lot of young people that we work with today, uh, particularly those from the BAME community, they want to express a lot of their anger, their anxiety, their worry through grime, through rap um, and through the creative arts. 
And so these mobile recording studios do similar to the buses really, but in the back of them uh, is a kind of padded area where young people can lay down tracks, create their own music and create a positive narrative out of the negative one that's been dealt with them. We run sports projects and so lots of um, local authority football cages will have a regular um, football or keep fit set, set section um, and also we run arts projects again taking the music to another level and having showcases to enable young people to flourish. We work in schools and one of our particular areas of work in schools is we run a series of what we call exclusion reduction programs um, and basically what we're trying to do is trying to help young people not get thrown out of school those are at risk of being thrown out. Uh, in this country in the education system uh, we have a two strikes and you're out policy. So if you're thrown out of one school and you, you, you might then go to another one, once that's happened as a teenager, there's nothing. And here are some challenging and scary statistics. 90% of young people in young offenders institutes right now were excluded from school. And another statistic is that the percentage of young people who've been excluded from school who will get five GCSEs, if I was there I'd do it, anybody wants to guess, one percent. So it seems a logic from the best thing to do is to keep those young people in school and out of gangs. And that again is another of our mantras. That's simply what we want to do. We believe that that's the best um, positive education to help young people. And so across London, we're working uh, with 650 young people a year, particularly with schools to help them to stay in schools through looking at their behavior, their attitudes, their motivations. Um, and then also we may well have, this is where we have long-term mentoring. So we will work with um, over a couple of hundred young people all year round meeting them each week, whether virtually or face-to-face, -face, um, to try and help them to set positive goals for their lives. And finally, the last projects we're involved with are employability projects. And those projects are there to help young people to be work ready. So we help them with CV writing, with interviews, through some of our corporate partnerships that we have, we arrange when we can, um, uh, office visits to give people a glimpse of what they might be able to do. Uh, we even have a, um, a clothing section um, of kit of interview gear. So if you need an interview suit or an interview outfit, um, we can kind of kit you out for that as well. Um, all those things are woven together by the values and principles of a long-term relationship. What XLP isn't is a hit and run charity. What XLP isn't gonna do is to turn up if there were some incidences in North Harrow of gang violence and come on and magically evaporate it in you know, um, uh, a month or two. No, what we want to do is to work with individuals on a long-term basis. If you talk to a lot of the young people we work with, um, many of them will say, well, I first came across XLP five, six years ago, and now they're still uh, part of the process. During lockdown, life has been challenging, uh, as it has for everybody, but actually uh, our phenomenal youth workers, and I have to say, we have, as I say, about 35 youth workers who are the sort of youth workers every church will give their IT for. They're extraordinary uh, uh, young people. Um, they're doing what's called detached youth work. So they're not based in a church or in a particular building. They're, they're doing it out where the young people are, um, rather than actually inviting them to a center or, or a place. 
Um, uh, and during lockdown, very quickly, about a year ago, we turned all our activities um, pretty much to go online. So what was uh, what was face to face was online. So we were running um, online gaming sessions. We were running online literacy and numeracy tutoring. We were running online arts showcases. We set up two Instagram live channels. Um, and uh, we were doing sports video sections, you know, eat your heart out, Joe Wicks. Um, actually, we started them before he did. Just thought I'd just get that one in. Um, so in other words, we transformed all of those activities online to try and help and support uh, those young people. In addition, what we've done over the last year is to give away, uh, again, working with some of uh, the companies who support us, um, secondhand laptops. You don't need me to tell you that one of the things that this virus has done has exposed um, the, uh, the polarities almost between rich and poor, haves and have-nots. And one of those things has been dubbed the digital divide. Um, I don't, well, I do want to get political, but I won't. But there has been this government initiative of sending out hundreds and thousands of laptops. Well, if you ask any of the young people or any of our youth workers or any of the schools in the more deprived areas, they haven't seen a single one. So what we've tried to do is to provide, and we've managed to provide 170 laptops, phones um, and internet access, perhaps the things we often take for granted to help young people to access that school education. But equally, um, school education is often predicated on the assumption that there's someone at home to help you with that. Um, uh, and many of the parents of young people we work with, they also struggle with their literacy and numeracy. So what we try to do is to provide those interventions. Basically, we don't want any young person to go without. And all those young people who for, often for no fault of their own have simply just been dealt a bad hand in life um, uh, and have been said no to by every single organization that they've come across and have um, challenging uh, home backgrounds. Um, Sarah mentioned the statistic at the beginning of the service about, you know, knife crimes. Um, but whilst knife crime might have gone down over the last year, um, uh, issues of domestic violence, particularly among young people, and also gang grooming, particularly of young girls, um, has absolutely escalated. And what we're beginning to see now um, is what I call uh, to, to begin to understand the post-pandemic social epidemic. So that's what XLP does. Um, we try and create those positive futures uh, to turn and help those young lives around. What on earth has this all got to do with the gospel? Well, I could easily and probably slightly cheesily said, well, actually, Jesus was pretty violent in the temple. So, um, you know, what does that say about it? But actually, I think we need to work out and think about why was Jesus so angry? Um, and uh, the reason is this, um, and actually the clue, and I didn't know so I was going to do this at the beginning of the service, was in actually the visual aid of the table in the middle um, of uh, the aisle uh, in the church. Here's the scandal. The scandal was this, that all that stuff, all those animals, all those tables were getting in the way. They were getting in the way of people accessing the Holy of Holies. Sarah, almost as a throwaway line at the end of her thing, she said, we better move this out of the way. Well, actually, that's what Jesus was doing, simply moving that out of the way in order so that people could access um, their God. 
that is what I think the anger was about. The anger is when actually things stand in the way of that access um, into God. The anger that I have, that we have as a charity, is of things that get in the way of enabling young people to access hope, to access life, to access um, life skills, to access the equal op um, employment opportunities, to access um, uh, so the same uh, access to arts and sports and other activities that um, so many young people take for granted. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to clear away so that actually that access can be, um, we can get that free and open access. You know, the time of Lent is a time when we think about Jesus in the wilderness, in the desert. But actually, I want us this morning just to reflect on um, uh, the desert that many young people find themselves in. And I know everybody does, but this morning we're just highlighting young disadvantaged uh, people in London. Um, what is that desert like? Well, I've tried to paint a bit, bit of a picture of it, but I think it's a social desert. It's a relational desert. It's an educational desert and it's a financial desert. In other words, these young people are wandering around in this desert. And what XLP is simply trying to do is to provide those opportunities to be, if you like, little pockets, little oases in the desert. Um, we are, to paraphrase the hymn, uh, My Song is Love Unknown, there's a beautiful line, which is love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. That's what we're trying to do. And if you want to change the line around, hope to the hopeless that they might hopeful be, light to the dark that they might beaming brightly be. You could go on and spin it round and round. That's what we're trying to do. Simply trying to be that sense of light and hope for the long term. Let me leave you with a story of a deal. Uh, Adil is uh, one of the young people who's been part of XLP and Adil came along to a football cage in South London when he was 10 years old. Um, he went to the football cage because the situation at home for him was pretty uh, challenging. Um, and he came and he kicked football around and he joined our sports project um, uh, and he was absolutely useless at sport. Didn't really like it, to be honest. Nevertheless, he came. Then the double-decker bus was at the next door estate and so he came to that. Uh, and then he joined our arts project and came to that and was supported through that um, uh, and found that actually he was quite good at singing and being on stage. Anyway, long story short about Adil, he was kind of dropping out, but Adil has been through XLP, through different projects, through different relationships with the youth workers. Um, uh, and Adil started with XLP when he was 10. Adil is now 20. And he is in his second year at King's College London doing a physics degree. Now, if that isn't hope to the hopeless that they might hopeful be, I don't know what is. That is what XLP is, helping young people to excel and to discover that actually the very future that they are longing for is not provided elsewhere, but is actually deep within them. Thank you for listening. Amen. <laughs>